in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. And um, I'm going to talk to you out of 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 8. That's the text that we're going to look at. But the key verse, or the thing I really want to key off on, is what is said in verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Paul is talking about in this passage a big opportunity, something that's available to us. Something that is big and available and it should be obvious. But I think sometimes we kind of think of it as if it's, you know how the children don't like to eat their vegetables. We kind of think, ah, oh, we've got to do it. Oh, got to pray. Oh, man, I don't do it. I can tell you right now, I don't do it enough. And I can tell you, I bet you a person, there won't be a person in this room that says, yes, I pray plenty. But the reason we would say that, and I'm honest with myself, I can only confess my sins. I can't confess yours. But I will tell you, one of the things that I think about with prayer is I think of it as my duty. When in fact, it is uh, a superpower, if I can use those words. We have access to something that is out of this world, an incredible resource. And I believe, specifically, this being Men's Day, Baptist Men's Day, that, and I know, I think what I'm going to say is going to affect really anybody in this church, man, woman, child, the oldest and the youngest. But I will say specifically, in fact, in this passage, he says, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. I believe that if the men of North Beaver Baptist Church would commit to praying more and griping less, Talking to God more and quit chasing everything that our minds and hearts puts in front of us. If we would pray for others more than focusing on what we think we deserve, if we would do that, I think we would see some things happen. I think we'd see revival, local revival. I'm talking about in our church, not talking about a special meeting. I'm talking about people coming back to the Lord, people getting saved, people's lives turning around. We would see that happen. I think we would see people get saved. I think we would see relationships that have been damaged, uh, broken, destroyed. I think we'd see those repaired and, and, and fixed. I think we'd even see, and y'all can call me a prosperity preacher if you want to, but I think you'd see your businesses flourish. I think you would see the government change. I think you would see something happen. Amen. I think the reason we don't is because we're not availing ourselves to the resource that we have. That's what's going on here. So it's my hope today as I talk to you on Baptist Men's Day 2023 that men everywhere would pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. So I'm going to ask the Lord to help me as I talk to you for just a minute. Would you pray with me, Lord? I need your help. I'm going to tell these people, I'm going to tell myself, about what you've given to us. The access to your throne. I pray that we will take this to heart and that we will act differently. We'll actually bring things to you. And I pray that we'll do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The... Our act of prayer shapes the world around us. I think that's what we're missing. If we'll pray, it will actually change things around us. 
I want you to see this in the text. I, I told you that we're going to look all the way back to verse 1. He says in verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. He says there, listen, you need to pray for everybody. And that's what he's saying in so many words. He uses the word supplication, prayers, and intercessions, just different kinds of prayers. We need to pray for people. We need to pray against some things. We need to pray, pray, pray. That's what he's saying. But he says, I want you to do it for all men. Verse two, for kings, that all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. We need to pray for everybody because first of all, if we pray, that's how we impact the government. I don't know about y'all, but I, I complain about the government all the time. Sometimes it's foolish complaining because I don't like things like speed limits and requirements on what I do with my trash and stuff like that. I don't like all that thing. But that's just me. Maybe y'all are different. Maybe y'all like everything and the government tells you how to do stuff. But, um, but anyhow, I complain about it. I complain about it. But the Bible tells me in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, that I am to obey the government. It says that every, power, every soul that is subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, that the powers that be are ordained of God. I actually know, I believe, according to Romans 13, 1, that the government we have, whether you like the president, whether you like the county commissioners or not, that they are there because God has enabled them to be in those positions. Now, they might be wicked men, for all I know, and some of them we know they are. But, I'm not talking about county commissioners, by the way, because I don't know. <laughs> I'll go a little higher, because I ain't higher, and y'all don't know none of them. Anyhow, seriously. That sounded cowardly, doesn't it? But it's true, it's true. But seriously, there's, there may be wicked people, and some of them are often wicked people with their motives in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. But the Bible tells me I'm to obey them. So how is it that I'm supposed to obey that kind of garbage when they tell me to do stuff that's not right, when they, they try to do, do things that's not their right to tell me to do? What am I supposed to do about that? Instead of complaining about it, Paul here says to Timothy, won't you pray for kings and those that are in authority? Spit, sit down and bring them before their, take it to their boss. You ever had, had to deal with somebody in a, in a business and you don't like what they're doing? What do you do? Let me talk to your manager. Let me talk to the guy that you report into. Who, do the who does the government report into? Whether they want to or not, whether they'll acknowledge it or not, you know who their boss is? The powers that be are ordained of God. You and I get to talk straight to the headmaster. We get to talk to him and we can say, you know what, God, we don't really like that they are allowing people to kill their children in the womb. We can't change it, God, but you can. I don't like the fact that they don't allow uh, the religious freedom to flourish like they should. But God, you can do this. But what do I do? I complain about it. But he says, if you want to change things, go Talk to God about it. That's how you impact government. It's also the last part of that. It says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. If I want to have a good life, I'll just summarize that that way. I want to have a quiet life. Y'all like to have a quiet life? People just leave you alone. I, I'll just be honest. I like people just leave me alone. It's like that. I hope y'all, well, maybe if you like people to bother you, that's fine. But I don't, I don't like people to bother me. I like to be able to do what I want to do and leave me alone. He says, you want a quiet life, you want a peaceable life where everything is in order as it should be, that it's not, there's not things disturbing your peace, that it's also a life that's godly. 
that honors God in all areas of life and honesty, one that is respectable, that has dignity. If you want that kind of life, and by the way, what I just described, I would be shocked if there's anybody here that says, no, I ain't really interested in that. No, you're going to say, that's what I want. That's the kind of life I want. And most of us, we want that, but what we do is we get it all out of balance trying to work our fingers to the bone to accomplish it. So what we do, we say, well, I've got to either focus on my work or my family. I've got to focus on my, my spiritual life or my friends. I've got to, I've got to do all these things. I've got to, got to decide which one. I want, you to, I want to just tell you, you'll never get the balance right. You'll never get it right. You'll never figure out how to work enough to give your family enough material possessions to make them comfortable at the same time as honor God the way you should be because you're always going to get something out of whack. But did you know that you actually have access to the one who controls all of that? I can tell you by my own testimony, I won't give you a lot of the details for the sake of time, but I will simply tell you that there was a time in my life where I decided to do something because I believed it was what God wanted me to do and I didn't know how we were going to make financial ends meet. And God supplied money that honestly, I remember one time me and Vanessa were talking about it and we were saying, I don't know why they keep giving me this money. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. It doesn't make any sense. But the only possible reason was because the Lord, believed, the Lord wanted me to have a and I just put it what he says, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty because we'd asked him for it. You see that? I'm not saying he's always going to give you money, but I can tell you he's going to give you what you need to have a godly and peaceable life. He will do that. So the question is, are you working for it? I know you are. I, I know, I mean, some of y'all are retired and you work harder than I do. And so I know you work, you work hard. But if you're willing to work for it, why aren't you willing to pray for it? Why don't you just stop and ask the Lord, can you help me? He will, I promise you, he will. It's also verse three, look at verse three. It says there, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. If you want to please God, he says acceptable to God. What do you want to do? You want to make God, you want to please God? How are you going to do that? The way to please a holy God is to approach his throne and ask him for things. God wants to hear from you. He loves you. I mean, Y'all know this by your own experience. If you have children or grandchildren, especially if they live in a place that's a little far away, what is the thing that brightens your day? I don't care how bad that day is. What's going to brighten your day? Getting a phone call from a grandchild. Getting a phone call from your, your son or daughter. What is That is going to do that. That's what that does. That's exact. I mean, if you're like that, how is God different? He's not. He, you're made in his image. That's what he loves you. He's, he loves you. He wants that from you. He's revealed himself from the beginning. If you go to over in Hebrews chapter one and verse chapter one, verse one and two, he says from the beginning, he's communicated with us. Why? Because he wants to let us know who he is. He's not trying to hide from us. He's not trying to duck us. And I know sometimes you might duck somebody's call, not recall them back, not try to avoid them. See them in the grocery store and look the other way. You might be that way about some people. God's not that way. He wants to hear from you. And he's even given us his spirit to aid us. Over in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says, The spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He wants to hear from us so much that he actually, if you're a Christian, he's put the Holy Spirit inside of you to know what your needs are. And even when you keep your mouth shut, he is groaning out on your behalf. 
Now, how much more would it be that if you would, by your own desire, actually reach out to God? How much more would that be? How much more pleasing to God would that be? You say God matters to you, Christian. Do you talk to him? He wants to talk to you. I, I, I want to emphasize that to you because I know some of y'all are maybe like me where if you're not sure that somebody wants to talk to you, maybe you're just not sure about it. You're just trying to be respectful of them and I don't want to bother them. I, sometimes I get that attitude. And I, and I think there's, because that's how I am, I think that's great. If somebody wants to say, I'm great at everything I do. Um, y'all don't get that because you don't appreciate that um, like you ought to. Uh, but anyhow, but seriously, I, 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 that's fine if you want to be that way. But I want to go ahead and remove that obstacle for you with God. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from you. And in fact, it says there, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He, this is how we please him. If he matters to us, we will talk to him. It's how prayer is how we shape the world around us. And I want you to see this last passage here in verse 4, 4, 5, and 6. He says, talking about God, who will have all men to be saved. God will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. He's saying God wants people to be saved. That's what he means there, would have or will have all men to be saved. He wants people to be saved. Verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. We pray to shape the world around us. Yes, it, changed, it could change the, the, the outlook of government. It could actually give us a quiet and peaceable life. It's how we're going to please God. He's happy when we pray to him. But it's also, if we're to ever see any soul saved, people that are associated with our family, people in our community, if we're going to see this church grow, not by stealing from other churches, but to see new people come into the kingdom of God, if we're to see that happen, that is only going to happen because God has intervened. Please understand this. You can't say it the right way. You can't look the right way. You can't talk the right way. You can't learn enough to save anybody. If you could do it, why aren't you doing it? First of all, you can't. The only way that people are saved is God must save them. Now, don't miss me. He has chosen to use vessels like this and you to share his word. He works through his word, which is why we need to what we call witness or share the gospel. Those are phrases we'd use. We're to do that. But who does the saving? Not me. It's God. So what do I need to do? If I want somebody to be saved, it says here that God will have all men to be saved. He, it's his will. It is, it is proper and right. He desires that people be saved. So I can actually, there's other passages in the Bible that say that if we ask anything according to his will, it'll happen. It's coming about. Do you follow the logic here? Yes. He wants people to be saved. He'll answer any prayer that's in his will. What's the one prayer that I can say you can pray without any shadow of a doubt and he will answer? Praying for somebody to be saved. I, 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 won't, I will not stand here and give you a lot of false promises. In fact, I'll give you no false promises that I can't back up. That is one promise I will give you because it's in the Bible. One answer Amen. to prayer that he will give is to somebody to be saved. Yes. And you may say, well, I don't know if they're saved or not. Remember who saves them? Not you. Sure. Not me. I might look at somebody and say, they don't look like a Christian. And they may not. But it doesn't matter what I think. That's not what's going to determine. It's going to determine whether they have a relationship with God. And God is the one who intervenes there. Amen. Salvation is something he wants to bring about. 
And he has, in fact, that's what he says there in verses five and six, talking about Jesus who was ransomed for all to be testified in due time. Understand this about salvation. God orchestrated all of human history just to provide my salvation. Matthew Tilly, one person. And if that was the only person ever to be saved, he would have accomplished his will. Amen. But he's orchestrated all of human history for you and me and this one and that one and those out there that haven't yet come to Christ. He orchestrated all of human history for that purpose. And think about this. I'm always amazed when I think about this, about salvation. He has made it so very simple. He put it on the bottom shelf, as they say. He didn't make it hard. He didn't make it complicated. Here's what he said in Acts 16. This is what, said, this is what one of the apostles said. Believe on the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen. He did not say you have to go through some gyrations or do something or walk a certain way, talk a certain way, live a certain way. He didn't say any of those things. Don't miss me. I got to say this real quick because some of y'all go see it on that. When you get saved, I think he changes your talk and your walk and all those things. But he didn't, the first thing is he saves you. But I'm trying to get you to see that he says it's on the bottom shelf. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart Amen. that God hath raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Simply to say, just believe on him. Amen. And, I, and I'm listening to that and I'll say to you, I'll, I'll just come back to you and say, that just sounds way too simple. But that's how God made it. Amen. That's what he did. Praise God. Can, can, can I just give you one story on this just to give you a picture of what's in mind? Because Jesus used this same picture. In, in, the, in the Old Testament, the, the Israelite nation had traveling through the wilderness. And a series of events happen, but there's this plague of snakes that come into the camp. And everybody's getting bit by these snakes and they're dying. These poisonous snakes. And God tells Moses, I want you to make a serpent, an image of a serpent, and I want you to put that on a stake and I want you to put it real high up in the air. And all the people have to do is look at that and they'll be healed. Now that, that just seems to me, I don't even understand why would he do something like that. But Jesus explains it to, to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that essentially says, you know what they did back then? That's what I'm talking about now. All you got to do is look. All you got to do is look. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is look in his direction. He'll save I'm saying all this and I'm trying to emphasize all this because I think we've made Christian people, maybe I'm just reflecting my own faults here, but I think y'all might be in the boat with me. We've made this thing way too complicated. We have access to the one who saves and he has literally made it so you just have to fall off the edge of a cliff to get saved. Yet everybody, Christian people being right on the front of the line are doing everything we can to keep them up on the shelf so they'll never get saved because we want to make sure they follow all of our rules when in fact what we need to do is say, God, I've got a sister that needs to be saved. God, I've got a grandchild that needs Bless to be him. saved. God, there's a guy I work with. I know he's not saved. He doesn't live, his life shows that he's not a Christian. I've got, I've got this woman I work with that, that, that she's told me that she's got something missing in her heart. Would you save her? And then God, if there's any way that maybe you can use me to show them what they need to know so they can believe on you. Amen. It's Praise truly God. as simple as that. That you want to change, you want to change your world. I'm not talking about the entire globe because that's bigger than I can even imagine. 
but you want to change the world around you, pray. Amen. Talk to God. And I think we say, and I think rightly so, I'm not trying to question your motives, but I think we say we care about people. We love people. We want to help people. Did you know the one thing you can do to help people, and I mean really help people, is talk to the God who made them, the God who sent his son to die for them, the God who wants them to be saved and ask him to save them. That's one thing you can do. You may not have a dollar to your name, but you can do that if you're a Christian. You can do that, I promise you. You care about people. If you do, why don't you pray for their salvation? Lastly, prayer, it shapes the world around us, but if you haven't heard me, I need you to hear this. Your prayer actually reaches the Heavenly Father. I want you to see this in verse, I'm skipping down to verse 8. Paul in verse 7 talks about who he is. But in verse 8, he says, the verse I read already, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath or doubting. I told you this was primarily a a message to men. I believe it affects women and 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 women as well. I I pray it helps the men and the women, but... The emphasis I want to have for you today, and I believe in the emphasis in this text, because in the next passage, which we're not going to touch on today, he talks about women later on. We'll do that another day. We'll fuss at them later. But today, we're going to stick in verse, up to verse 8. He says, I will therefore men pray this way. I think this is true of a lot of men. It may not be true of every man, but I think it's a, a pretty generalizable thing. It's definitely true of me. I often get angry and frustrated and I ain't going to tell nobody but I'll get confused and uncertain because I'm trying to accomplish a thing and when I can't accomplish the thing I just get frustrated I get frustrated myself I'll start blaming everybody around me I mean this is just the reality of I think this, is, this might be a human condition but I kind of think it might be a little bit of a man thing where we just kind of and, and we get mad at everybody it's everybody else's fault it may be our fault but we're not going to admit it and we're, we may not know what we're going to do. We may not know what we're doing, but we sure are going to act like it. In our heads, we're confused and uncertain. But man, we're going to charge forward and we're going to make somebody mad in the process. That, that's, I think, a, a way a men, men will operate. But he says, I want you to pray, men, without wrath and doubting. Not with any anger, not with any uncertainty, but trusting his mighty hand. Amen. You may not know what you're doing. You may not know how to go. But one thing is sure. You pray to God. You can be sure. You can be certain he is hearing you. You don't have to be mad and frustrated and angry because you're not doing the work. He's doing the work. And the Bible tells me he will not leave us ashamed. He will never leave us. He will always follow through on his promises. And it's made possible. Look at what it, go back to the verse, verse 8. I will therefore that men pray without doubting and wrath and doubting. But how, how do we want to do this? Everywhere lifting up holy hands. Now, that may just be a phrase that y'all want to pass over. I, I tend to. But if you really pay attention to what he's doing, he's talking about lifting holy hands. I know we're in the South, in North Carolina, in the United States in 2023, so we've kind of got some connotations of what that means, and that means for me, I'm just telling you, it's not what the Bible says, just what it means for me, 
uh, it means for me, somebody lifting their hands and, and doing one of these numbers. And maybe a little woo when you're doing with it. You know, y'all ain't never been to a church like that. Um, sometimes those can, those can be, be all right. So anyway, I'm just saying that, that's what I have in my mind when I hear holy hands. I don't think that's what's in view here. That's not what's talking about. He's talking about this idea of lifting up holy hands. If you can picture a little baby who's calling out, Mama, Daddy. You, 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 can, can you get this picture? This is the holy hands. Because we're able to call him, over in Romans 8 it says that we've received not the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy, Mama. That, 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 that close, intimate, someone is close to me and I need their help and I am, impo- I am impotent to help myself and I'm reaching out just like a little child Mama, Daddy, help me. That's what he's talking about, raising holy hands. So we're to pray as if we need him and can't do anything ourselves. Literally lifting our hands up to say, I need you to do this in me. If we will pray that way with faith and confidence, I know I can tell you the Bible tells me that he will hear us. And if I haven't said it already, I believe I have, but I feel it bears repeating. He sure does love you. Amen. He is a good God, and he loves you. One thing that makes me mad, I'm going on a slight tangent, if y'all don't mind me going on just a little bit of a rabbit trail here. This is not my message, but I want to go ahead and say this to get the point across. It kind of makes me mad. Some of these people who are reading over in Genesis chapter 1, and they're trying to explain it away as if God somehow is pretending to have created the whole world when in fact, in all actuality, it was some other process that was used. I happen to believe that my God is not going to lie to me. That if he said it, I can believe it. And I'm going to take him at face value. He's not hiding stuff from me. He's not trying to, he's not trying to say, look over here when he's working over here. No, no. He's showing me what he wants me to know and he's telling me what I need to hear and I can trust him because I believe our God is a good God. So when he says things like he will have all men to be saved, I know there's some people who will try to twist that and act as if that's not what that means. I believe that God says when he says it, we just take it what he says because he's a good God. He's not a deceptive God. He is a loving God. He cares for us. And I say all that to say, go back to verse 8. We, he, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting, because we can have confidence that our God hears us. I wish we would stop, and I'm, I'm probably speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to y'all, but I wish all of us would stop acting like prayer is some kind of religious ritual. I have tried my best, and I will continue to try as much as I'm here at this church and anywhere else the Lord puts me, that when we pray in a church service, I don't want to hear a perfunctory prayer. God doesn't need us to open and close and in the middle to, to say some words that we call prayer. He doesn't need that. He doesn't want that. He might as well go talk to that wall for some of our prayers. We're actually talking to the God of the universe, and he wants to hear from us. So therefore, I want to not see my prayers to him as some some sort of perfunctory political speech that means nothing to anybody and trying to impress somebody that's not impressed. I don't want to do that. I don't want to see our prayers as a religious ritual. Instead, I want to see our prayers as an SOS call, 
an outreach to the most powerful person in the universe who is ready to hear it and ready to act. If you go back to the Bible, this is how God has always been. When his people cry out to him, you know what he does? He hears them and he responds. That's always how he acts in all of history. So in conclusion, I just want to encourage you men, particularly if you're, I'm glad to have some of you that are visiting with us or maybe coming back after a while. I appreciate y'all being here, but I'm specifically right now talking to you that are members of, of um, North Beaver. I forgot where I was for a second. North Beaver Baptist Church. <laughs> I'm not called y'all something else. Uh, North Beaver Baptist Church. I'm specifically talking to members of this church. I want you men to commit this morning to be a man of prayer. You may say, well, Matthew, I don't think I'm going to do it right. I know you're not. I'm not going to either. But the good news is it's not depending on how good we pray. It's how good the God, God we pray to is. That's who we're counting on. But the least I can do is say, Lord, I'm going to do what I can. Pray Amen. as much as I can with the right heart. And I want to invite you to do that. Now, ladies, y'all not out of this either. I want you to get committed to praying for these men so that they will step in and do what they're supposed to do. Some of y'all might be like my wife and be all like, they don't need no stinking man. Uh, <laughs> y'all, I'm joking. She is a wonderful submissive, does everything I tell her to do. Y'all believe that too, don't you? Seriously though, y'all may think, you know what, I don't need no man to do anything. I got it, I'm, I can, I'm smarter than the rest of them and you might be right. But I believe in God's order of things that if the men will do what they're supposed to do in a church and in a family and in a community, you ladies, it will be a wonderful place. And your gifts will be magnified, put on the front line. The reason we have an upside down and backwards world in part is because men won't do what they're supposed to do. So you ladies are doing the best you can when you got a bunch of cowardly, weak men. So... Take that for what it's worth. Come back to my, my invitation. My invitation is, men, would you commit to pray? Ladies, will you commit to pray for these men? Would you do that? I want to invite you to come. I want everybody to stand. We're going to just take a moment to respond. I'd invite you to come, men, to take a moment and mark this moment and commit to be a man of prayer. Ladies, would you do that as well? Lord, I pray that you will move among your people. I pray that they will hear your word where you have promised that you will hear our prayers and that this will change the world around us if we'll just take it to you in prayer. I pray that we'll be that kind of people. We ask this in Jesus' name.